Hello, this is Property Matters, a weekly catch-up on all matters property supported by Fairview International Property Consultancy and auctionproperty.co.uk. And we're live every Sunday from 10am on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn and our website propertymatterstv.co.uk. And if you're watching on our website, leave us that Google review if you would please. And also if you're on social media, get involved in the conversation below. Always helps to have your opinion. Uh, the email address, if you'd like to suggest, su suggest some discussion topics for us, hello at propertymatterstv.co.uk. If you don't have time to watch the show, you can listen uh, on the move with the podcast version of the show, which of course is available from the uh, platforms that you see on the screen there. Just get it on the show, uh, get the show on Monday, 10 a.m. Uh, every week. Finally, the show is broadcast across the week on Dilsey Radio. So let's take a look at this week's property news. And I'll put my teeth in in the meantime uh, with Joe Joshi. <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, so uh, good night last night then. I always Obviously, all yes, all obviously. Good morning, good morning, Paul. Good morning to all our viewers and, of course, uh, to our listeners um, across the uh, across the board of the platforms. Um, yeah, plenty happening in the uh, property world this week. Um, of course, with uh, the autumn budget and, and, and my thoughts, I'm sure Paul will have plenty to throw at me this morning. So uh, let's crack on. Yep, let's take a look at uh, what uh, Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor, announced in his speech this week as far as property is concerned. And now let's move on to something else because he didn't really mention property at all, did he? To be fair, there was very little. Uh, it was rather underwhelming according to the uh, reactions of most people in uh, professional property market, in the property market. Um, not a lot in there, really. There was a raise in the uh, local housing allowance. So this is obviously well overdue because that's been frozen since 2020. Uh, this is when, of course, uh, the, the allowance is given to people where they're... Um, rent is over 50% or can be over 50% of uh, of their outgoings every month and 1.6 million people will get an average of 800 pounds of support next year um so he's raised it to the 30th percentile of the local market rents so uh, that will help uh, as i say 1.6 million people a new permitted development rights were announced this is where they can uh, basically be allowed to convert a house into two flats to try and streamline the planning system that's going to be implemented next year and the mortgage guarantee scheme is going to continue uh, for another 18 months to June 2025 that was due to finish next month in December so um, there's not there was a couple of things there obviously Joe but not a great deal really from the Chancellor what's your view no I think he's kept the lid on there I was hoping to see obviously I like other um, commentators a lot more that could be done within the property um, market um, there is no real excuse for it. I mean, the market is, is ripe for some changes, but the, some of the changes that he has announced um, can have some bearing uh, if, if we think about it. So let's just think about that for a minute. Um, one of the first things is, of course, the 95% um, uh, mortgage guarantee situation, I think is welcome still for um, you know, young first-time buyers. It gives them an opportunity to get on the uh, housing ladder, which was, of course, uh, destined to uh, come to an end at the end of the year, beginning of next year. Um, so at least that's got another 18 months or so to run. Um, and that could give some impetus to, you know, young first-time buyers to um, start start looking at houses. And if there's ever a time to um, look at property for them, now is a good time when um, values have been stagnant um, and corrections have been happening. So there's a, ch a window of opportunity 
for young first-time buyers to jump on the bandwagon and perhaps use that government scheme. Though I have to say there are uh, lenders out there that are doing 95% mortgages irrespectively. Um, but of course, it's all subject to status and it's subject to getting your um, mortgage uh, approved. And of course, if you want to speak to a mortgage advisor or, or someone that is, we can recommend, always drop us a line at hello um, at propertymatters.co.uk, propertymatterstv.co.uk, and we'll pass that on to the relevant person so that we can try and help you with that. Um, so I think that's that's still got some legs for what it's worth. And I think um, the interesting thing about um, the potential permitted development rights um, is, uh, is is definitely worth thought. Now, the reason why I say that is that there are a lot of people um, that are perhaps in houses that are beyond their um, size. So they like the grounds, they like the fact that they've got a big house, but they don't particularly want to leave and they probably couldn't um, knock it down or couldn't have affordability to knock it down and redo it. So here is a window of opportunity for those that can, under those permitted rights, perhaps share the good of that particular property by converting it internally um, without requirement for planning so that they could A, have some source of income that could help them and B, it would provide extra rental property perhaps in the rental market where it is desperate uh, in the marketplace. So that may well work in, especially in the countryside or in, in outer towns where that facility can work. And it also gives people a chance to perhaps convert that and provide some sort of Airbnb facility, again, providing some sort of income for them and so again you just got to really try and see what else can can happen and that could free up more accommodation i think that's where he was going with it whereas i'm going with it with the opportunity that you know if you've got a big house in the middle of the country somewhere and you just it's just too big for you to manage here is that opportunity where you can stay where you are but of course internally convert and perhaps rent out or use that space more wisely and have some income that might, might help you. So that that's the permitted rights side of uh, of things that is worth worth thinking about. Um, I'm just working out whether the government really has any priority for housing in this in this country at the moment, or whether actually he's just keeping his powder dry for the spring budget ahead of, of course, a potential election later in the year, maybe perhaps June time, um, and therefore he's going to sort of have those new uh, measures fresh in people's minds ahead of the election in an attempt to try and sort of win back uh, more uh, popularity in the polls. What do you think? I think it, uh, I'm sure that's what they've got in mind, but I think I think that is the wrong strategy. Uh, they should have done that now, um, building up to that. Um, but uh, to, to make it a last minute thing for perhaps, um, you know, just playing it by ear and then find that they are not the ones that are successful at the end of the year or by the end of next year, um, all of a sudden doesn't really matter. But I think if they'd done something now in the autumn budget, which is what I was expecting them to do, it would have had given them some chance to, to work and also perhaps deliver to some of those potential voters that may have thought, well, actually, you know what, I'm better off with the devil I know than, than someone we don't. Uh, it's better to stay here than jump out of the frying pan into the fire. But come springtime, and let's say they, they announce an election in June or, 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 or maybe in October uh, next year, but let's say it's around June, what difference is that really going to make? I don't, you know, so 
I think he's had his moment as far as the property is concerned. Uh, he should have taken it. Uh, he's playing cautious um, right the way through, but then that appears not just to be Jeremy Hunt's agenda, but it just appears to be Jeremy Hunt's DNA. He seems to be cautious even in his slur and speech when he comes across. So everything is cautious uh, for him, but sometimes you can be too cautious and find that you can actually trip over. And so I think that um, that's, where, that's where they are going. Um, lots of other things are throwing, thrown against the government. And, and people will remember what's the last bit, the thing that we have to understand, in, in my opinion, and I've spoken to many people and often asked the question, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit like saying, Paul, what happened a year ago from a year ago? And people say, well, I can't remember. So, you know, uh, this, it's a short-lived scenario. And what he should have probably done is done something now, which would have been still potentially in the run up to an election. But if he does that in spring, I think it'll probably be a bit too little and a bit too late. I mean, you can see their attitude towards the property market and the property industry by the number of housing ministers we've had. I mean, do you even know who the current housing minister is? Um, no, I don't. Only because they change, they change so often. I've lost interest in them. It's been like they a do. revolving door. Um, and I think it's 17 from the last bit of documentation I've, I've seen. Uh, as to who it is. And you tend to lose interest because you think, well, actually, they don't really care about the property. Um, and so why should I really care about what minister is actually in the chair? Because I don't think they value it. The only time they value the property side is, of course, when it affects themselves and also if it affects the marketplace. And we know, and I've said on our show millions of times, that they use the property as the yo-yo of what they want to do and when they feel they want to do. So, you know, when Johnson came in, um, he just came in with the idea of build, 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 because we know that we can build our way out of trouble when we want to. And that's exactly what he did. That was his popularity. People went and they were buying houses, they were doing them up, B&Q and all the other firms were doing really well. You know, the whole market was, was on a buzz. Um, and that helped him with lots of other things. So in this situation, I think um, Suela Braverman has probably had more highlight than the housing market. Um, and, 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 and how many boats are coming in have got more you know, benefit than, than the housing market. I suppose my, my personal view is that, um, you know, get your house in order first before you start looking over the garden fence. And we seem to be spending a lot of time looking after other people's troubles elsewhere in the world when we have plenty of our own at home to be solved at. Well, I can tell you there's been three housing ministers in 2023. Uh, and the current one, Lee Rowley, um, has had well, a second... This is his second go in... Yeah, 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 I remember him, yeah. Yeah, he came in for a month between uh, in that ill-fated uh, um, government uh, uh, with uh, Liz. Um, so he was, he was in the job from the 8th of September to the 26th of October 2022. Uh, and then we had Lucy Fraser. She was in the job for four months. And uh, then in February this year, Rachel McLean had the job for nine months, and now it's Lee Rowley back in the revolving chair. So that's been your uh, your, your list of housing ministers. Um, the one thing that we, we could discuss uh, that didn't happen was stamp duty. Um, two things people were expecting, maybe even a stamp duty cut, or, of course, a raising of the threshold, maybe to 425,000, so that uh, more people would keep a bit more of what they get from selling a property. Um, uh, so, um, what do you think about that? 
always been a yo-yo. I'm frozen. Stamp, stamp duty has always been a yo-yo, to be perfectly honest with you, Paul. Um, and yes, we all would love, love that to be changed. And they will. That's probably what they'll use in the spring, you know, to say that the stamp duty has been reduced and more people can go out and buy. And, and of course, the, um, uh, the uh, uh, inflation rate has dropped even further. So that'll give them a, a little bit more chance to play with a bit more money. And all that kind sort of stuff that will, to a large extent, like to a large extent, people you know are more interested in what is actually going to happen in real time in their pockets, and, and that will be mortgages and and of course um, rents. I go back to the earlier point of of the rent that has been lifted by 30, 30 percentage points, and that will actually bring potential landlords back because one of the things that we have seen an exodus of landlords is because the rents were frozen by the local government and basically they just not were able to continue to maintain um, their mortgages based on the income that they were getting from um, tenants that were already in there for some time. So that might slow down some of the people that are exiting the, the letting market. Yeah, and the other thing, of course, that was uh, rumoured was inheritance tax relief on property, of course, and that hasn't happened either. Any thoughts behind that? Yeah, I think he got. I think he got nervous of that because I think a lot of people were worried about the fact that that um, abolition of the inheritance tax was actually going to only affect the rich, the four percent of the rich people, and I think that was really being drummed home. So I think he actually decided to you know, step back out of that and then and, and do nothing on it, primarily because he would have probably got a hell of a lot more abuse for trying to, you know, help the already rich um, and not the, the ordinary um, average person that is just, you know, he's a working person that is actually making the country work. So so I think, I think he just got scared of that. But yes, I mean, he's trying to throw other bits of tax here and there um, across the board, but none of it has been significant, though I can say it's, not particularly bad either but it's not as powerful as he probably could have made it yeah they're making quite a lot of money out of inheritance tax and um and, and things like that and uh, capital gains is another one of course that's a, a big contributor to the treasury these days but uh, the extension of permitted development rights uh, indicates to some in the in the property industry that actually he's acknowledged that there is a failing planning system um, I mean, there's something, for example, a housing minister could get his teeth into, you know, trying to see if he can uh, reform the planning system. I mean, it's, it's well overdue, isn't it? Well, if he can hold his job there long enough, he might get a chance. But, I mean, if you if you think about the fact that it takes such a long time for a planning application, I mean, in that time, we could probably see 25 planning ministers, I mean, uh, housing ministers. So... I don't think that any housing minister can get their teeth into anything other than perhaps, you know, sit at the desk, look out the window for a while and then leave because they'll know that they'll have to move again. They just don't value the housing minister or the housing market and only value it when it suits them to a large extent. But, you know, if you stood on the street and asked, you know, 100 people, I would think 90% of the 90 people out of the 100 will probably say they'd love to own their own home one day. Um, and so I don't think that, that either this government or any other government really sometimes value the value of the homes um, that we, we are having to deal with and what, what, how important that particular part is to every person. What they don't understand is it is home ownership that actually um, helps all the other 
markets, all the other industries, all the housing, uh, you know, um, being q type of operator, DIYs, carpets, blah, 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 cars. They all work, swing around the fact that if someone is comfortable and stable and making their home, they then start to look at, you know, redeveloping it, refurbishing it and, and so forth. But, you know, maybe that's what they don't want to feel. Uh, you know, I can't, can't get behind them. I just don't feel that they're actually in touch with what is happening on the ground. I mean, the, 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 they've got a difficult decision to make. I don't want to defend them in any way. But the trouble yeah. is, of course, if you if you do put incentives in place in the housing market, the whole thing catches fire and runs off into the future. And, you know, there's nothing in this budget for first time buyers, for example. Um, and they're finding it tough and tough, tougher and tougher every year as prices rise. And of course, as soon as they do a, a stamp duty cut or anything of that nature, up go the prices. And of course, the houses are further away from their reach. Uh, so they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. There's nothing in there to incentivise the market. Everyone's moaning that the market's depressed. But it's it's, it's had to have a level of adjustment, hasn't it? To, so that people can at least, you know, try and catch up a little bit. Yes, and I, you know, look, I've always been an advocate of saying that there is a time when it has to go to neutral. I mean, you know, it has to stop and, and it has, it's just done that at this moment in time. But I, I, having an election coming around the corner, you'd think that they would have this shopping list of, of, of goodies that they could in, in, incentivize. But obviously they've taken a cautious measure in, in doing that there may be a hidden agenda that we can't actually see or, or understand but yes there's not much in the housing market but the little bit that he has thrown into the housing market if utilized correctly can be uh, quite quite beneficial like i said if you think about uh, permitted development rights and and properties that have been sitting there doing nothing or people that are in the houses that are too big for them they could certainly now utilize under pd next year onwards that um, they could perhaps convert some of that or some space in their home and, and provide accommodation and that may free up other accommodation in the town which people may not want so this this it's just how you see it boys how you're going to convert that and how you know um we as as um uh people that are in the property market convey that across to the homeowners and and say that you know what are the benefits and what are the good things that can happen out of it and the other issue is downsizes i mean they're facing all kinds of issues because um, you know People are saying that there are so many people looking to move into a smaller property, but they're put off by the stamp duty, which can be as much as 12% in that situation. And why would you want to lose 12% of the value of your home just for because you want to do the right thing, which is to free up a larger family home when you may be on your own or just the two of you? I mean, there's so many things that could be done that actually make sense, uh, and yet they're not addressed. Yes, and that's, that's part of the reason why I'm saying that that could be addressed under the PD, where people are, you know, are not going to downsize, they're not going to sell up and go, but they could turn their accommodation that they got, which is probably already too big for them, um, and provide extra rental accommodation into the marketplace, which there is a lack of. And also, you know, perhaps uh, consider the different types of people that would look at that. So let's imagine there is a house sitting in probably I don't know, half an acre and it's quite quite a big size house, three foot, you know, 3,000 odd square foot of house and there's one person in it or two people in it. Uh, you know, all of a sudden they could probably accommodate another couple in that same house, um, providing the, that space. And it gives it twofold. One is that it gives it another income for the people that are there. And secondly, it provides extra accommodation and maybe those people don't now don't need to consider downsizing because they're actually in a position where they can 
continue to stay where they are and and, feel, and still have a feel-good factor that they're providing extra accommodation. So it's just how they utilise this, in my opinion, um, will make it make a difference. Nothing in there for buy-to-let landlords. It seems that they really don't want the average accidental landlord to, to have any dealings with property. Yes, and the buy-to-let, I mean, there was nothing I was expecting that there should have been some sort of taxation incentive for them. Um, there's probably a backhanded incentive for those that um, rent properties to the local authority by having that rent um, that was frozen in 21 now released. So at least they could probably make an application um, for a higher uh, rent return from, for the properties that they've let, let out. That may keep some people in, in the buy-to-let market who are looking to exit. Um, and also it may bring some new people in knowing that, that there is more affordability and it can be covered. So there's probably a backhanded potential there, but not directly to say to the market and to the buy-to-let um, landlords um, and accidental landlords to say, come on in, you know, it's good for, good for you. We made it taxation incentive. We made it, you know, okay from, from a buy-to-let mortgage point of view, because buy-to-let mortgages are now at silly rates and they're just, just don't work. The numbers just don't work for uh, what it costs to borrow money to 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 rent a property. Sorry, to buy a property and then to rent it out, um, it just doesn't. The, the numbers don't equate, and that's part of the reason there's been exit. But at the same time, there are new landlords coming in, knowing full well that those are the new numbers. They are is the new norm. So if they're at five and a quarter percent base and the buy to let costs them another couple of percent, one and a half percent or whatever it might be, depending on where they go into the marketplace, um, all of a sudden they're thinking, okay, well, if I now put this new rental at this, this price, at least there's something in it for me rather than not, nothing. But in the old ones, it became too expensive. It's interesting, isn't it, that the um, permitted development rights of turning uh, larger houses into flats um, I'm not sure what I feel about that, to be honest with you, Joe, because at the end of the day, family homes are needed and required. And if everybody sees an opportunity to get double the rent from the property, then we're going to end up with loads of little boxes. I think uh, I think uh, what I'm trying to say there, Paul, I, I hear what you're saying, but what I'm trying to say there is that there are lots of properties that are not um, detached three or four bedroom houses. We're not talking about your standard three bedroom detached house in a modern um, street, a modern estate that can be converted, though it can be, but that, that doesn't make sense. What I am saying is that those that are sitting on piles of properties which are much bigger, too bigger for them to, to live in or, or economically um, heat up or maintain or do any of those other things, uh, they could be brought into the marketplace for some discerning um, potential uh, tenants that would like to live in the country, for example. So if you had a, a big house, as I said, for three or four thousand square foot and somebody wanted to rent that out as half of it, now they could do that. Whereas under the cur current situation, they would not get change of use to convert an existing house into flats. So, And it's also too expensive and maybe doesn't fit it within the planning laws to knock that specific house down and then convert it into lots of flats um, either. So because within the Greenbelt policy, perhaps within uh, other policies like um, uh, 
um, uh, areas of natural beauty, um, uh, you know, those, those sort of other um, planning stipulations that doesn't allow them to conservation areas, for example, or listed buildings, you know, uh, grade two listed building, grade one listed building, those people, they can't be taken down. But what they can do potentially is seen to convert them. So that's where I'm going with this. I'm not looking at converting the average house in the modern estate to lose family homes. I'm saying that they could utilize big houses that are too big for the current people, but other people may like the ambiance of being part of a bigger house, but not having the burden of the bigger house. They've also com uh, committed 450 million to help local authorities build 2,400 new homes. What happened to the 300,000 that we were supposed to have been building? Well, look, we'd be lucky if we get those 200,000 in the first place. But uh, yeah, building, I mean, it's, it's about the money and it's about, and again, it's the same as the thing with the housing associations and so forth. They are coming into the market to build, they want to build, but you know, the, it's the build cost. I mean, I've got sites that I've been praising now for some time, and those sites are good in terms of value to buy as land, but they're not as exciting for building because the building cost has literally soared to such a point that it's beyond economical um, basis to build. So it's almost better for them not to build or knock that particular site down because it's just not viable in the long term. So the building cost, I mean, has got to theoretically come down. But I don't see that coming down again. Look, why would you, if you were a, if you were a builder's merchant and you're now up in the game because it's costing you more to bring the materials in and you're costing, and you're trying, you're not going to reduce it. How many times have we actually seen, other than perhaps the food stores that provide what we call lost leaders, you know, they might knock down two pence off the milk and three pence of the eggs and, and whatever to get the people in. But the fundamentals never seem to come down. You know, they are always going in one direction. And I can't see that any building, builder's merchant is gonna turn around and say, well, actually, you know what, we've got to do good here. We've got to get those doors that we told them they can get 30 pounds and now 60 pounds, or we'll knock them down to 40. It's not gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they're gonna, you know, instead of 60, they'll probably say, actually, the wood is gonna become more expensive. We need to go to 65. So building materials and building costs have actually soared beyond um, beyond beyond being possible to build. So even if you've got a development of 50 or 100 flats or 100 units, you are now your multiplication of build cost is over double what it was perhaps five years ago. Yes, because developers are struggling to, to sell their homes at the moment. I mean, there's, there's no suggestion of any incentive in there and uh, no new help to buy scheme, for example. That's not in the, in the budget. So, so looking ahead, I mean, there's another budget in the spring, presumably before an election. We're, we're speculating here, but the, 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 the likelihood is that the spring budget may have uh, some incentives. Have you got uh, any thoughts uh, or feelings about what might be needed or uh, even offered in the spring budget? Well, I, think, I, think, I personally think it will be probably a bit too late, but of course it will be great to see uh, some sort of stamp duty holiday um, in order to make sure that that market is helpful, just for the first time buyers. Um, they could reduce the stamp duty for second homes, which may incentivize um, buy-to-let people coming back in the market, because at the moment on a second um, purchase, 
it's a given high level of stamp duty doesn't matter what what the level is going to be so those could be reduced um, quite easily they could offer probably better incentives for the first-time buyers i keep on about the first-time buyers and the reason for that is that without them there there is no movement in the property market it's it's the, the way the system works you have to have them and um and it's not just about the money side of it i think um, you know people have got to start to think about there is actually currently a very good opportunity for people um to be able to be on the buying so there is a 95 percent mortgage guarantee there is a 95 percent mortgage available to the market generally um the subject obviously their status um and there is a market where the market says we're slow at this moment in time so if there's ever a opportunity a window of opportunity for people to put their first uh, foot on the run of the ladder this is a good time you know now is a good time and and not to wait for what they potentially might think is an incentive but once that incentive does come in perhaps in spring it the market will run away and then it will become out of reach so now is a good time and the stamp duty holiday obviously would actually uh, help the downsizers as well of course yeah Fantastic. Okay, well, that's uh, really taken us our whole show today, which is uh, which was fascinating <laughs> to discuss. Uh, we had other things to talk about, but we've just uh, we've just freeformed our way through it today. So uh, hopefully that was of interest, and you enjoyed our conversation about uh, uh, this week's uh, budget statement, of course, from the Chancellor Jeremy Hunt. We're back with some more property matters, same time next week. <laughs>